Well, hello. You've arrived at the first episode of Upon Arrival in our launch week. Strap yourselves in because we're about to start our journey through stories, lessons, and strategies for our business events tourism community. I'm excited about my first guest. She has project managed major international events from the Olympic Games to the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting, also known as Chogum. She's also a respected expert on visibility, messaging, and creating events with purpose. Stay tuned for her number one piece of advice for event businesses right now. My first guest is Georgie Statius, founder and chief engagement officer at Fetching Events and Communications. Georgie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, to get to know you a bit better first, how did you end up in events? How long have you been doing this? Well, without you know showing my age, I've been in the event industry for 25 years. And it wasn't that I wanted to work in events as such. It was just there were particular events I wanted to work in. Originally, they were sporting events, the tennis and the Olympics. So I actually, um, right place, right time, sent my CV into the Australian Open Tennis in my last year of uni and got a job in the media centre. Went from the tennis to Channel 9, then um, worked at the Olympics. From the Olympics, I went to the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting, Rugby World Cup, and um, the merry-go-round continues. But what a way to start, a natural attraction to the big events. They were, and in fact, I became obsessed with the Barcelona Olympics. <laughs> I videotaped every event. I went to the athletes' parade. I knew everything about the Olympics. I knew every minute of that opening ceremony uh, and I think that's probably where it really started from Barcelona and I think it was wanting to be just part of something big like that and I probably didn't understand at the time but the organisation that goes into it I think I was drawn to that big style project but in fact it's actually later in life I moved to more the community sector not-for-profits travel and tourism NGOs government it's the smaller events that I get probably more satisfaction from. And, and while the Olympics was an amazing experience in Sydney and I wouldn't swap it for the world, I actually enjoyed the Paralympics more. Working at the Paralympics was more rewarding um, because it was just such a special event. So it's funny how you're, where life takes you and what you think you're going to love. And I mean, I have loved all my jobs, but the events that sort of surprise you can sometimes be those smaller uh, events. Looks like you found your purpose, which is one of the big things you're about. <laughs> uh, of course, events are not happening much at the moment. Mm. For this launch episode, there's really one big question I wanted to ask, and that is, what is the biggest challenge you've ever had to face in your career prior to COVID-19? And what lessons did you take from that that you're applying now? Yeah, sure. This was a challenge was a challenge. It was a, a road bump, we'll say. Um, when I was working at Chogham, which is the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting, so uh, all the Commonwealth heads from around the world were coming to Brisbane, plus the Queen, because um, she's the head of the Commonwealth, so a huge political event. It was an event I had moved up to Brisbane for, uh, had been up there for six months working crazy event hours. You know, we were working until 2am, like crazy, crazy hours. And Chogham was due to run in early October. This was 2001. And I remember the night before our volunteer induction, my, I was at the office with my boss and a colleague and it was about 10 p.m. and we were getting ready for the 
the big volunteer induction the next day and her husband rang and said, turn on the TV, a plane has flown into the Twin Towers. And it was September 11. So we raced into the boardroom, watched that, and of course, working on a political event in then a global environment completely changed. And we kept working, we kept, and I, I don't doubt that that was still the plan, that Shogun would go ahead. And I can remember being in the office one day in the current affairs show called the Sunday program, which used to be on Channel 9, on, and the foreign minister saying, well, it might not go ahead if, you know, all the um, heads of government don't come. And it was when, obviously, there was a lot happening in the Middle East with uh, following September 11. And, and I remember we were saying, but surely they'd tell us if it doesn't, you know, go ahead. Um, and it wasn't until the day before we were due to move to the media centre, which was a Friday, we had packed up our office. There was not one thing left, not even a pen. We were about to move down to the media centre and our volunteers were starting the next day. Um, and then I think Chogham was starting two days later uh, and it was cancelled. Um, so when you are running on adrenaline, and, the, and you know the only thing that's going to get you through the next week is this adrenaline that's carrying you. And you have worked, your whole last six months has been leading up to this moment and it's like a rug's pulled out from under you. Uh, so when the Grand Prix in Melbourne was cancelled um, on that Friday morning, I knew how everyone felt. You'd done the build, people had started arriving. And I didn't realise until it happened in COVID that how much I had learnt from that experience. I'd learnt that you've just got to grieve the event or the environment that you had planned to run, grieve it, and then get ready for the next challenge. You can't keep comparing to, well, this time last year or this time we should have been running such and such event or we should have been travelling here. You've actually got to grieve it and move on. Don't look in the rearview mirror was a big one of not that sort of reflecting on what could have been or what should have been um, in 2020 allow yourself space, um, allow yourself to talk about it. That was a big thing. It's actually okay to sort of tell people that this is hard and I'm this is a really weird feeling and I'm trying to, you know, work through it. So all those things I had had when Chogham was cancelled the day before the event was due, I actually found myself going right back to at the start of COVID to cope and have all those sort of coping mechanisms. Wow. Some great lessons there that's come in useful so so that you can do well under the circumstances well yes as as well as we can all do but it it was funny it wasn't I think it hit me you know when watching the Grand Prix be cancelled and watching all the staff who had worked you know their guts out on it and then just have it pulled I've been there I, I remember what that's like but the key thing actually one of the first things I did after COVID hit is I got a new diary I didn't want to have a diary that had all my events in it but crossed out. Like I didn't want to get to a week and go, oh, this is when I should have been in Adelaide running this event. That's not useful. I needed to grieve it, start the clean slate, write in all my new dates um, and not keep reflecting on what should have been because I know that would have dragged me into a place that's actually not very productive. Um, and instead of looking back, I start looking are starting to plot the new dates in for next year rather than just seeing all these crossed out. You know, this is when I should have been in Adelaide, this is when I should have been in Perth, or this is when I should have been running this event at the Arts Centre. It was actually going, that's not happening, let's start again 
and then everything I'm putting in my diary, rather than taking things out of my diary, I'm adding things into my diary. So even that psychological thing helps with knowing you're making progress rather than you're cancelling things. I actually love that idea. Um, did you actually burn the old diary? Or it's so tempting, I think, to just go back and and just look at what you actually chalked up. But there are sort of mini business successes uh, from the previous year. No, I think I did throw it out. The, the funny thing is, because it was March, I couldn't get a full diary for the year. I could get a, a financial year calendar. So my new diary started in June and I got like the whiteout tape. And even having a messy diary with whiteout taping really annoyed me. You know, it wasn't clean. So I couldn't wait until I got to the June clear days and um, start again. Well, it sounds like nothing stops you, not even the lack of a, a good diary that would have um, started in, in January. Exactly, so... exactly. <laughs> well, we look forward to hearing more from you in a later episode. But meantime, tell us how people can follow you and your work. Absolutely. So they can head to our website, Fetching Events, and that's fetching as in a dog fetching a ball, fetchingevents.com.au. Um, they can head to our resources page. We've got all our blogs. We've got recordings of webinars that we've run. Um, we've got all our past e-news. Um, and we also do a series called Insights Interview Series where we interview experts in different fields of engagement. Uh, and then you can also from there find our social media channels and, and sign up for our e-news. Thank you so much, Georgie. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Upon Arrival. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you would hit subscribe for this show and leave a rating and review. Then tune in to episode two, where I'm speaking with business futurist Morris Misalowski to hear his number one advice for business travel planners right now.